horrible, just physical health abandonment. Yeah. I'll eat a cigarette. Fight me. Backwards. Ass first. I meant the cigarette. Oh. If you really want to do it that way, I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to eat the cigarette with my ass. Welcome. I didn't write the thing on this one. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. The only podcast flying this close to the sun, man. But that sun is just physical health at this point. My name is Toby DePola, and for today's episode, I had thought that Moon Knight would have been out by now. Judging by the title of this episode, you can safely assume, dear listener, that it was not. No, while I was scrolling around Disney Plus looking for something else to talk about, um, in a desperate attempt to not just keep talking about Fallout, um, I was looking at The Simpsons, you know, that icon that wore its welcome out years ago. Mm. Um, I'm a fan of the Golden Age, most people are, between seasons three, you know, stumbling when they retconned Principal Skinner and then just being done once the double digits begin. Um, yeah, but that was pretty much the extent of my show knowledge. You know, when I was a small, it was on, you know, like when I was a kid, sure. But as a kid, I mostly remember being the cartoon where the characters would say, oh, look, it's insert fucking some celebrity I didn't have any reference point for and didn't understand. So I never really, there was definitely a very heavy guest star era. I don't know, I never watched it. That's, that's why I didn't really care for it as a kid. I think Futurama hit at the exact point where I would get jokes, mm. which helped, you know? If, if it's not the couch gag, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today I'm going to visit both ends of the spectrum. I'm going over the first episode and the current newest episode. I would do the last episode, but frankly, the sun will have worn out by the time they cancel this fucking just juggernaut of a series um we've done reboot style comparisons mostly during our october episodes but i thought i would um use that uh lens to look at this show uh joining me is my producer kyle hi hi i'm here low energy podcast this one neither of us are doing great um i'm doing better than i was you're on the upswing up you're on the upswing. You're on the offswing. This bitch is a seesaw and I'm going down. <laughs> Sugar, we're going down I'm going down sneezing. Um, yep, I knew I knew this for the sake of trivia, but the fact that Simpsons begins with a Christmas special is such a weird choice to me. It is. Yeah. Um look, my theory is like um that it was written to be a piece of the Tracy Ullman show. Like a special swing off of that. I don't know if they knew it was going to be like a series, series. Mm. You know, you know, because it was Not a um, it they were clips in uh, like a different TV series, kind of like I believe Wayne's World was that mm. before it became its own thing. I feel like it's in that same sort of vein, but a TV series about yellow people, just like SNL. If Tracy Ullman show is the SNL, Simpsons is like the Wayne's World. Okay. It's like a clip that expanded. But yeah, it starts with a Christmas special. Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire aired in September 2nd, 1990. Written by Mimi Pond, Matt Groening. It's weird to see him actually in the credits and not just the artist guy. Mm. And uh, James L. Brooks. Um, while being directed by David Silverman. 
As for the cast, we have Dan Castellaneta as Homer and a bunch of others. Um, for you non-Simpson listeners here, he is also the robot devil in Futurama for me. And the guy doing the Robin Williams impression for, of Genie in the Kingdom Hearts games. For me. Yeah, that's for <laughs> Um Next on the docket, we have Marge, the TV mum whose hair is large. Uh, she's voiced by Julie Kavner, uh, who voiced a pigeon in Dr. Doolittle, the one I remember, not the weird um, Robert Downey Jr. one that came out not that long ago. Um, she's mostly known for being Marge, obviously, and there's honestly not a lot of other credits I recognised. But the thing is, once you're in the once you're in like a main character role in the simpsons you don't need anything else no she's had she's had a very steady paycheck since uh 1990 september oh yeah uh you got nancy cartwright the voice of bart simpson Mm. um mostly known for bart as well but she replaced christine kavanagh when she retired from voicing chucky and rugrats back in 2001 um and kai would mostly know nancy as rufus in kim possible Mm. Mm. If you go back, like, with no. that knowledge, Rufus is just... It, it's the same voice, it's just not words. It's, it's, it's odd. Um, I couldn't figure out who made the Maggie noises in this episode, thanks to um, IMDb and the actual credits. I, I couldn't figure it out. So lastly, we have Yerdley Smith. Um, she voices Lisa. She is also Cecilia in We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and Connie in Maximum Overdrive. Um, you can tell that it's her in that dinosaur movie. It's it's the exact same pitch voice. Um, all right. With that, we'll get into the actual episode, and I mean straight in because it does not have an opening credits thingy yet, which is a shame because I wanted to com- you know compare those. But with... if it was supposed to just be like a spin-off clip, then they wouldn't need one. Yeah, that's where I put my Tracy Ullman notes here because maybe they didn't think they needed it yet. Yeah. But it's you know, I wanted to compare the original to the current, but there wasn't one, so so we'll move on. Um, it goes straight into Homer and Marge pulling up to the kids' school for their Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. Lisa's grade are doing presentations about Santa Claus in other countries, including Lisa twirling fire as Tawonga, the, quote, Santa Claus of the South Seas. And Bart's grade sings Jingle Bells, Bart doing the uh, Batman Smells version before being pulled out of the crowd. Obviously, it will be different in the new episode, but when when I get to that end, we'll, we'll talk about it. But as a Golden Age person, even, there are some jarring differences, like, looking back at season one. Um, the animation, of course, you know, season one of Simpsons has that kind of ugly, weird, off-model style that I always love. It has that garage sort of punky vibe to it. Mm. You know, it looks drawn. And even if it's not as good and perfect as, like, the computer versions of stuff yeah you, you still prefer it man that'll always be my favorite thing going into like jb when they're playing a 90s film and being able to see pencil lines and stuff yeah it gives me that vibe it's like oh people i know people worked on animation regardless but i don't know yeah, but there's can, some more there's some blood sweat and tears that input. goes into into the hand-drawn stuff yeah you can feel the input yeah totally um yeah, I always appreciate it. Except for the woman behind Marge at the 2 minute 39 mark. She does not have a nose. They should probably um, go back and fix that if they want. A little creepy looking. Next weird uh, jarring thing is you have the voice of Homer, who sounds so different. It's hard to describe, though. It's 
bassier, maybe. It definitely sounds compressed. Hmm. He sounds like he's in, the, uh, like, another room. And it, is. and it's not the standard homie you'd recognise. It's like that weird old version where he's like frosted chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very jarring because it sounds like a bad impression. <laughs> but I'm, it's like the OG. Like, I don't know. But that's the thing. We've had the other one now for so long that, hmm. of course, the original sounds off. Yeah, he's gotten into a groove, obviously, since. Um, another character who sounds off, and frankly seems completely off in general, is Ralph. As a non-Simpsons r- r- person, you know who Ralph he is, choo- correct? He chooses me. Yeah, um, he is not Ralph yet. He is reciting uh, his little Santa Claus script. He doesn't sound like Ralph. Um, I compared it mentally to um, the first time Alma spoke in Sesame Street, that which I showed you recently. disturbing. It's, it's great. It's not. I don't... Well, it was just a background puppet before he was, like, quote-unquote Elmo. I understand, but... Ugh. Yeah, so he walks around talking like this. <laughs> I couldn't work out if he was supposed to be, like, southern. I think or... he's shitty New York, right? Because yeah. isn't Sesame Street it's... designed to be shitty New York? Yeah. I don't like it. It sounds like he's, he's in the Arkham games. He's about to go, it's the freaking bat. You know that voice? Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what he sounds like. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. All right. So it's obviously not that bad, but it is clear that Ralph isn't Ralph yet. He's just a design. Um. Yeah. Before moving on to the next scene, I also want to say Lisa's first appearance is super jarring because she's wearing a big tiki mask and she's wearing like a skirt that's made out of, it looks like that. I'm glad they didn't animate anything between her legs, but it doesn't make sense that they didn't. It's weird. It's, I was like, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Very jarring. Yeah, she's dressed in like a weird tiki bikini. But it kind of looks like Ralph Wiggum's hair. It's not It's not drawn well. It's distressing. I'm surprised it was the first move. I don't know. I found a lot of Simpsons to be not well drawn. But maybe that's just because I'm coming at it with, like, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Like, I always knew that I was the weird one for not watching it. Hmm. We all had one of you in our schools. There was always one everywhere. Yeah. Shoutouts to my cousin. But, like, (laughs) there, there was a few people in my school that, like, weren't allowed to watch it. Yeah. But... Like, I remember them getting to a stage pretty much when Simpsons the film came out mm. that they were, like, hooked on it. Everyone, like, I don't know, for some reason that, like, changed where we were. And I remember, like, literally being tied to a seat and made to watch it. And I was like, it's not funny. Like, I don't get it. Mm. And that's where I am. But I think Futurama is funny. It must be a David X. Cohen thing. Because I think he's one of the main differences between the two shows in general. But obviously the writing room must be different too. But Futurama's knack for like logical chaos in its humour yeah. is always a favourite of mine. Because everything they say kind of like doesn't make sense. But in a way that does. I think the like, only Futurama but- episode like I'm not fond of... Hmm is where they go to the Sloan factory. 
Because mm. that's just a straight parody episode. But I kind of but like I... it because it's cheap and easy. And I'm afraid to go back and watch the dog one sometimes. Yeah. I have to be ready for that. But that's like... I so think, I like I the feel dog like ones. It's safe that episode is the most Simpsons-like. Like, it makes a lot of similar jokes to what The Simpsons would. Hmm. See, my... When I'm thinking about, like, the way Futurama comedy is written, mm-hmm. I think about the time machine that Farnsworth didn't finish. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And Zoidberg says, if only you'd finished it, you could go back in time and not waste your time on it. Yeah. And that is the most broken, stupid sentence. <laughs> and they all accurate. kind of have that, yeah. And they've all got that vibe. I love that attitude. Yeah. We'll get into the, how the comedy's written in between these two different ends of the Simpsons spectrum, but neither of them have that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, pause the recording for a sec. Or edit it out. Uh, the next two or three scenes are just short Christmas beats. You can sort of feel that it used to be a clip show before this. Because they're, they go together, but they're sort of different scenes for different jokes kind of it's, it's, it's um time passes between yeah in a, yeah in a way that doesn't feel like a 22 minute cartoon um yeah the family are sitting together after the christmas pageant marge is doing like that christmas letter that people on tv seem to do where they like update the family on what's going on mm. did you ever do that no it must be maybe it's an american thing um, Homer's in the background untangling Christmas lights and extension cords, and the kids are writing to Santa. Uh, the humor here is very grounded, like, simple, simple, like, real-world things, like Christmas lights are tangly, and the daughter wants a fucking pony, and you gotta talk the cool kid down from trying to get a tattoo at Christmas. Mm. Can't be asking Santa for a tattoo. Uh, Patty and Selma, who are Marge's sister call, and they sound like they should. Those two are fucking, like, um... They're all three of the Marge Bouvier sisters are voiced by the same woman. Mm. And I'd say she nailed all three right off the bat. It's cool that they do, like, the sisters because that makes them sound... Related. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they go out and test the, the Christmas lights out. None of the bulbs in them actually work. Although Next Door's house has awesome lights. And I was so excited to see early Flanders. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't really give anything up yet. So I was like, oh, here we go, I can compare. And he's like, he loves his kids and has good Christmas lights. And I'm like, oh, there's not much to it. There's not much for me to like be like, oh, wow, that's weird. Um, no Oakley Doakleys or no Neighborinos or nothing. So that's something in itself. Hmm. You know. um, next scene is the morning after and the family are about to go Christmas shopping. Marge is keeping a present fund in her hair, which reminds me. To point out to all our listeners that um, in the original first season, she was secretly a rabbit in disguise. No. I am not fucking kidding. Google it. I know that you're not. You've made me Google it before, but I don't understand. I don't understand. It's it's from that, um, I don't know what it's even called. Matt Groening used to do like a single-eared rabbit design. I think he did a comic for a while. He likes to reference rabbits. Um... Yeah, if you Google the electrocution animation from the arcade game, you will see her um, big rabbit ears in, in that hair. sprite work, yeah. Because that was made, like, really early on. So they hadn't retconned that she was Lola Bunny the whole time. Weird. Alright, so, in the mall. Bart is, you know, at the front of the tattoo parlor, looking at, like, one of those classic love hearts with mum written across it. 
Yeah. And he thinks that Marge would appreciate a tattoo dedicated to her. She wouldn't. So he goes in and tells the artist that he's 21, and they get right to it. Um, there's a lot packed into this episode, which sort of helps the humor in some spots. Like, I liked this bit. Mm. When he goes into the, the tattoo store and he's like, I'd like a tattoo. And the dude's like, how old are you? He goes, 21. He says, get in the chair. And that, like, that is the whole conversation. Like, it's in a rush to pack in so much. Yeah. And it, it added a little element of, like, negligence, which I appreciated. I mean, it was the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, Homer is, you know, at the plant. What do you think he does Nothing. At the power plant. Yeah, that's exactly Absolutely why he... Absolutely nothing. See, I, I always forget about this. He's the safety guy. He's in charge of the safety checks and stuff. And that's why he doesn't ever lose his job, is because his negligence is good for Mr. Burns. Nuclear. That's right. Yeah, I forget that that's what his role is, but, you know, you actually see him, like, checking stuff in this episode. Isn't that what that whole episode is about? Is like the plant doesn't melt down for a really long time, or like something he stops like a thing, and so they make him go to a different plant, and they're like, "How do you run it?" Um, yeah, that's when he gets like audited, and then I'm pretty sure the place melts. Um, yeah. yeah, a weird sounding Mister Burns announces there will be no Christmas bonus this year. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He he just. I'm not even sure if it was the same voice actor he ends up being, but there was something very weird. Everyone sounds like a weird impression. Well, they probably are because they wouldn't have had like the budget to get who they wanted. No, no, they're all all the cast is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. They're just not in the flow of it yet. Yeah, they're not recording like thirty episodes a year every year for their entire fucking lives yet. But if if you showed someone season one, like, now without the context and told them it was, like, dubbed by impressionists, they'd be like, yeah, that was pretty close. That was cool. Hmm. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that they're the OG people and the concurrent people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Homer... But I guess the more time you spend with characters, the more you understand, like... Mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no Christmas bonus. Homer's disappointed. I'm also disappointed because I wanted to see Smithers. Because I know for a fact he's not Caucasian in this first appearance. But it's not in this episode, so what can you do? Um, yeah, Homer's reassured because, you know, Marge has the big money job. You know, he doesn't need the Christmas bonus that bad. Um, meanwhile, again, Marge is with her big money job looking for Bart. Um, Kai, do you think she appreciated the tattoo on her 10-year-old son? No. No, that's right. Um, they go to a removalist and the cost is big and upfront. Marge looks at a big money jar and goes, good thing Homer will have the Christmas bonus. And you can see where that's going. It's, you know. I'm stopping for a sip. Okay. I can't taste it because the overpowered strepsil has numbed my mouth a little bit. Mm. Which just puts carbonation blindly on my tongue, which is terrifying. Um, Homer comes home. He learns about the um, the money problem, gets upset, but doesn't tell his family about the bonus because old classic Homer always means well and doesn't want to upset or fail his family mm. back in the day. So he goes out to do the Christmas shopping himself at some junk store, a reject shop sort of equivalent for our Australian listeners. Um, Dollar Tree for our Americans. Okay, cool, cool. As long as we got the things there. Um, yeah, on his way out, he stumbles into Ned Flanders, who uh, doesn't sound quite there yet, 
and especially without the Oakley Dirkleys, neighborinos and such. It's the same voice guy, and there's nothing technically wrong with it. But there's just nothing wrong with it. And it's not even the same voice actor as Troy McClure, but it's it feels like it's teetering a little bit in that direction. He's got a little bit of a lawyery tone to his voice. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to describe. If you haven't gone back and looked at the original season, it's fascinating to go back and see. It feels like a beta version of a video game. Um, yeah, obviously Flanders has, like, dope presents and lots of them, you know, and Homer sees all of his loot and gets, you know, depressed and jealous and decides to go drink, which takes us to another iconic Springfield location. Morris Tavern, that's right. Um... Ma- Mo sounds like Marge does now. Weird. Yeah. Um, his hair is still black, it's not grey yet, and his apron is still pink, not the, you know, that grey-green colour. Um, and the bar itself is like a blue. It's like a deep blue colour, and the stained glass windows aren't in there yet. Mm, I mean, it's not that weird for, like, a pilot not to be accurate. I know, but it is fascinating to see how, like, weird. It's un- It's got an Uncanny Valley vibe to it. That's what it is. Yeah. Every- nothing's quite there yet. Like, nothing's quite there. Um, Barney comes in after a shift as a mall Santa. He's blonde back then, not a brunette. Um, and Homer decides that's what he will do to make some extra money. After training to be a Santa, he comes home exhausted. And Mudge is pretty casual about, like, asking why he's seven hours late. Hmm. Which seems like a lot. Um, he just wants to go to bed, but Patty and Selma are visiting. They, they Again, they sound right, but they have grey hair and jewellery. They look kind of unfinished. Because it's not that murky so colour yet. Color. Yeah. Yeah, they're very grey. There's a lot of grey things in this episode, just in general. Hmm. Um, you'll have to stop doing it. I've got one of those. So the next day he's working as the mall Santa... Um, it's all the standard, you know, standard classic kids asking for weird knockoff versions of copyrighted things. You know, it's classic mall Santa stuff. Until Bart Millhouse and, um, I had to check, uh, a guy named Lewis. Um, they dare each other to screw with the Santa. And Bart takes off his beard, says that it's his dad. And they have a little talk about, like, the money troubles and all that bullshit. And Bart's cool about it. Like, they're, they're pretty buddy-buddy in this episode, which I thought was nice. Um, afterwards they go to get his paycheck and it is $13. Yay! So Bart and Barney convince him to take the money to the dog track to gamble it. Barney reckons there's like, he knows like a sure thing. And Bart's under the impression that according to TV rules, if they're poor at Christmas, they will get a free miracle. I mean... (laughs) That's what happens in all the TV shows, he says. Exactly. Yeah, so there's a Barney reckons this dog called Whirlwind is going to clean up, you know. But when a new dog is added to the race named Santa's Little Helper, Homer takes it as like a Christmas miracle sign and bets on that dog instead. Um, The dog loses by a fucking mile, as you can imagine. And in the car park, they're like looking at all the tickets on the ground, hoping to find a winner. When Does Barney's dog win? Yeah, he he's he went home with a lady. I don't know if they're dating, or if that was like a call girl. I don't know. I've never seen him interact with fucking anybody. <laughs> mm. Um, 
But they see the Santa's little helper dog being tossed out on its ass by its owner for being shit at it. Um, it runs over and leaps into Homer's arms. He relates to this dog being a total loser. Decides to keep it. Once back at the house, he expects to have to explain how he ruined Christmas, but the family is overjoyed to be getting a pet dog as a present, so it's all fine and dandy. Um, that's why Santa's little helper is called that, which I thought was interesting. Because obviously I'd heard the name like a million times, but I hadn't really dug this far back. I think I knew that somehow. Hmm. I think when you tried to get me to watch Simpsons that one time. I think we only watched up to like season nine or something. Yeah, we, we and I was watched like, all the movies. I really don't care. Um, I, I know, I know it was. I knew it was kind of wrong at the same time, but I always thought the. I knew season one was the Christmas episode. Mm. I thought it was the one where Bart get, got caught shoplifting, but it's it's obviously not. That's way later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what do you think of the? The episode in general it's not very like jokey it's very reminds me of king of the hill a little bit it's just realistic but animated yeah it's mostly because of the racetrack element um but the comparison here is like this version's really realistic and natural but because they're at the horse track i'm at the fucking dog track i'm thinking of the horse track episode um in which Bart becomes a horse jockey, and it's revealed that all horse jockeys are actual gnomes living in a tree world, or something fucking stupid. Um, that is me citing season 11, episode 13. Mm. Um, so it's weird to see, like, how far it's sort of, kind of yeah. I guess, fallen in that sense. Yeah. Um, and it also has that old, ugly 90s cartoon color scheme. You know, like, it makes me think of Rugrats especially. You know, everything's sort of like a pukey brown or green all the time. Yeah, I suppose. You know the kind I mean? I can't think I, of other well, examples, but like, I think of Rugrats definitely. I think of Rugrats, Rugrats as being very purple. If you go back and look at the movie, everything looks like mud or moss. I didn't watch a lot of the movie. I watched the actual show. The movie came on an orange cassette tape. you got to play it, man. It's the novelty. It's so good. Mm. <laughs> um... Alright, time to jump forward to season 32, episode 22, The Last Bar Fighter. That's so weird. Yeah, right? Alright, so times have obviously changed. Kaya, I need you to name three things that happened between September 1990 and 2021 in June. Three things. COVID. Okay. Wait. Yeah. COVID would have already started by then. Um, the Twin Towers. Okay. What's the airplane that we lost? Pan Am? No, airplane. I don't know, flight one M- something. MS-490. I don't know, just say fucking Furbies, I don't know. Say something easier. Michael Jackson's dead. Michael Jackson is dead. Yeah. Batman! Yeah, we've, what's that? That's, um, 92... That's that's like that's, that's four, almost ten Batman movies that's like ago. Four or five Batmans. Yeah. The actor. It's awesome. Alright, so remember how the first episode was missing its interest so I couldn't talk about it? Yes. Amazingly, this episode does not have one either. <laughs> um it uses the super shortened version, meaning it just goes the Simpsons and that's it. Like 
No theme song, none of it. It's gone. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I used to be very upset if no it intros was one on this of podcast. the shortened intros. Because we were allowed to watch the couch gag. Well, we were allowed to watch the couch gag. Yeah. So, like, if it was a cheap one, you knew it was just going to be a repeat of one you'd already watched, like, the night before. Yeah. So, yeah, no intros to this podcast. Weird. Um, it opens at 2.04 a.m. at an exclusive club called The Confidential. A motorcycle pulls up and a man hidden behind his helmet goes inside. It is Mo, and the confidential is a bar for bartenders. Okay. Um, Mo goes there to vent to a bartender the way all his regulars do with him. It's where they go to vent. That would be quite nice, actually. Who watches the Watchman, Kyle? But, you know, for bartending. Um... And, and he actually looks like Mo in this one, which was good for me. You know, he's got the grey hair, the voice is right, you know. Aside from the fact that he's driving, like, an expensive motorcycle for no fucking reason. I see him as a motorcycle rider. I see him as too poor to have a motorcycle. Nah. Look, that's one of the things later Simpsons does, which is we'll aim more for theming or design than any sort of logic. Mm-hmm. Or convenience for story, which I will uh, bitch. Get to. I will get into some like stupid semantics later. Um, all right. So yeah, after that we see we check in on Bart, who is with Millhouse for a taping of the Krusty Show. Uh, the filming is cancelled due to a snake infestation. Clearly, the realism of season one is gone. Yeah, it's it's, it's breaking down pretty hard here, and the map of Springfield is insanely fluid. At all times, you know, suddenly the confidential takes up a whole block and they're filming Spanish television next to the Krusty show. It's a fly one? Do you mean Bumblebee Man? Yes. Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, to the show's credit, it has a lot of iconic characters, like we've already seen Milhouse, Moe, Krusty, Sideshow Mel, and of course Bumblebee Man. See, I knew yep, we bring there him. was a bug. Yeah, we bring him up, because Bart and Milhouse instead sit in on a taping of Noches con Abrejoto, which I practiced earlier, and that was days ago, so now it's gone. Um, which is a late-night talk show hosted by the Bumblebee Man. Um, while there, Bart ends up in a competition on you know on the show there. Typical, like, Alan. I remember Alan doing a lot of that shit. Okay. Little dumb competitions and challenges for her audience. I don't think I remember the audience doing it. I feel like I feel like it was on in like every place I had to sit and wait for like a car to be serviced or a tire to be changed. Ah, uh, see, it's mechanic I, lobby television. I was in the its kid purest that took form. days off to watch Ready Steady Cook. <laughs> capsicum or the tomato? Uh, Team tomato every time because I'm not. A, I don't like capsicums just as a rule. Um. I do like that when they're pulling Bart down to the stage, he says Icarumba and it's translated because it's like the one time his single phrase of Spanish actually made sense. Mm. Um, so the the contest is one of those typical laughing ones, you know, where they fill your mouth up with something and, you know, try to get you to laugh. Chubby bunny. I've not, maybe. That's what you fill your mouth with marshmallows and you say chubby bunny. But eventually you can't say chubby bunny. I was thinking more where they have the mouth full of water and someone next to them says something hugely inappropriate and they, like, spurt. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's all obviously in Spanish, so Bart doesn't get the jokes. So he obviously, like, cleans up, he wins. And his prize is 
again, this feels more like a design than logic. It's a crystal skull vodka, but because it's Spanish, it's tequila. Of crystal course. skull tequila. Okay. Which is not a thing. No. Yeah. It's not. You see why I'm like, hmm. Hmm. I even had to Google if there was a difference or not, but apparently there is. One is a, a potato and the other one is something else. Um, a cactus. It's an aguapa. It's a guava. Yeah. Yeah, so he takes it home to show off. Homer wants to try it because it's, you know, fancy. But Bart won't share. He's going to, you know, pretty much gloat until he's 18. Is he an eight-year-old boy? He's 10. Okay. But yeah, he's just going to, like, hold on to it and tease his dad with it. Okay. Um, yeah, before going too far from the studio, I just want to point out how unusual it is to me to see Simpsons with shadows. They did it in the movie, but that was in the movie. It's cinematic. That's fine. It's weird that it's in all of them now. Yeah. Right? It, hmm, it's like, I look at it like when you're wearing socks and you step in something wet. That's how it makes me feel. I'm like, hmm. Ugh, I, don't, I don't like it. I watched someone do that today and it really upset me for some reason. Soggy bread, baby. Um, so Homer gets increasingly jealous of the Crystal Skull tequila, and the joke's weird. They don't really make any sense. Like, Bart's got it on his head, so Homer can't see past it while watching TV. Um, he goes over to sit in his hammock, but there's a little sign on it that says reserved for skull. Um, and then Homer is in the car listening to the radio and Bart dedicates a song to his dad, and it is the Tequila song. Tequila. So, sick of these three non-sequitur fucking things, Homer decides to act, sneaking into Bart's room at night and finds him cuddling the skull in his sleep. Homer then does the weighted sand trick with Maggie to switch the crystal skull out. Right. It... I feel like doing a Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff to get the Crystal Skull is in poor fucking taste. Especially considering they don't do that in the Crystal Skull. No, that's what I mean. It's like you've taken oh, like the, you've taken the original. You take the you know the classic iconic stuff, but then you <laughs> have clearly added a layer of the shit that no one wants to talk about. Mm. It feel mm, I don't know how to put it. You know how I like Adventure Bros. How they are clearly, like, on it. As far as, like, their nerd pop culture goes. Yeah. I feel like The Simpsons googled Indiana Jones for, like, all of a minute. And have no context about what the difference is between movies. I mean, it's possible. It's a weird parody joke to have those two things. Do do you know what I mean? It feels weird. Oh, it doesn't make sense It feels weird. Yeah, it feels like it's in poor fucking taste to let um, Indiana Jones fans to even talk about the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Which they do. They call it out. Um, when Homer takes the skull to Moe's, uh, Lenny calls it the worst Indiana Jones movie and the best Shia LaBeouf movie. I don't know if I can argue that. I've never seen Transformers. And I fucking hate Holes. Oh, I loved Holes. No, it's that one that my hungover teachers would put on. Yeah, I was so in the same I'm, position. So I'm so fucking sick of it because I've seen it like... 30, 40 times. See, I'm, you're not far enough out of school yet. I'm far enough out of school that I'm like, ah, oh, nostalgia. The movie's the about a prison camp where they run away anything. to eat radishes, am I right? They don't run away, they have to climb the mountain. So they run vertically. 
to get to the radishes. No, because he's got to carry the other kid up because that's what the curse is. That's <laughs> why he curse. ended up. Yes. Let's let's talk about that next week. Let's figure that out. Done. I will write an episode this weekend on holes. Will I have to watch it? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> dug my own grave. I dug my own hole. In fact, <laughs> the hole is full of lizards. What? I thought they were full of water. No lizards. It hasn't rained in the desert in millennia because of the curse. Because of the radishes on the hill. No. The Why are they in a prison camp? Because this is a child, child slave labor. Was mm. wrong place, wrong time. Because in his family is cursed, <laughs> and the kid stole the sneakers, and he throws the sneakers off of the bridge, and they hit Child Booth in the back of the head. But he gets arrested later on. So this is a sequel so to Like Mike. If you explained that movie to someone in public, you would be arrested for intoxication. <laughs> You're talking some shit. And there's. And there's a cowboy with a gun, and there's this lipstick, and the lizards are poisonous. <laughs> but the radishes are from like Super Mario Two, right? Like the. I don't know. What that <laughs> means. Looks like you just press like a TNT box. No, but like up. They yank. I'll show you a gif later of Super Mario Two. But one shot. <laughs> carries the other kid up the hill and then they eat the radishes because they're avoiding the matron lady who wants to feed them to the lizards. And the kid's a silent bob type, isn't he? He can't talk? Yes. Alright, cool. And then it breaks the curse and then it rains. Again, you'd be escorted out of whatever dental office you're in explaining this. Like... (laughs) Jesus. I'm pretty sure that's the entire movie. I'm pretty sure the dad was cooking shoes. Are you fucking kidding me? That part might be made up. He was definitely cooking a soup. This movie sounds like you're gaslighting I think so. I think it's a lie. Oh, fuck me. Alright, so I brought up Lenny. Like, what feels like an era ago. Um, So let's talk about him. He sounds fucking weird. Like, he doesn't sound older or younger or anything. He just sounds like a good impression. Mm. Which is... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking like on the other end. He sounds weird now. Too far gone now. He sounds weird. Mm. He he sounds like someone had done had nailed a really good impression, and then like 20 minutes later, you asked him to do it again to show the other guy, and they've kind of lost it. You know, it's like oh, I can't quite get it again. That's that's what current Lenny sounds like. He sounds like someone was good at Lenny and then forgot how to do Lenny. Mm. But oof, comparatively, he sounds great. Because let's talk about Carl. This is going to sound... I might even pause this. Which one's which? There's an amazing joke in Golden Age Simpsons where Homer has it written down on his hand. Lenny equals white. Carl equals black. That's what I needed. Which is important because Carl is black. And after the fucking hullabaloo of just Apu being there at all... Things had to change in the casting room. Okay? Okay. So, I understand why they recast Carl with Alex Desert, a black actor, being a black character. I, like, I get it. Um, he's got a resume featuring Mr. Bo Jenkins from Mr. Pickles, and the auto-tuned pimp, Zemo, from uh, Saints Row 3. Okay. Yeah, but I get why 
he's a different guy, but he is a different guy audibly. <laughs> you know, I feel that they Simpsons has been around for like thirty fucking years. You couldn't have found like a really good impressionist. Don't they replace the Bugs Bunny guy at some point? Thirty one. <laughs> but in saying that, it's really jarring how different this guy sounds. Like it, Muppets on Mansion. We had the same issue with certain characters because they were definitely not played by the same person. And we understand why they're not played by the same person at the same time. Well, no, Henson is... But the other guy that Disney kicked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, I understand it, but you could have tried a little bit harder. Yeah, for the sake of representation, I get it. But, like, it is nuts to go and, like... Remember, like, because I'm watching season one, I'm reminiscing about like season seven, eight sort of stuff, and then like I hit the current shit. I'm like, that ain't the Stonecutters Carl that I remember, man. That's weird. It's really weird. Mm. But yeah, look, I get it. But like, oof. hit you like a speed bump. You didn't see. Um. Anyway, Mo doesn't normally drink with the patrons. It's a bartender rule. But tonight he breaks the taboo to try this cool ass tequila. Mm. You know, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised something is still, like, sticking around after talking about, like, PC and representation stuff with Carl. I'm impressed that Mo is still making suicide jokes. I'm not saying they should go. I fucking... I'm all about that shit. Yeah. But when he says the quote, like, he, t- he has the shot and goes, Wow, I haven't had anything this expensive in my mouth since my dad's gun. I was like, damn. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, awesome. <laughs> I was happy with that. I'm glad. I'm glad that's still rolling around. Yeah. But like, I was impressed. Okay, false alarm. I heard a single litter. I'm like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. All right. So next thing we know, Mo is waking up in the gutter out the front of the tavern, which has stained glass windows now. What up? <laughs> I feel like that's just normal. It, it is. The fact that it was missing in the first season is so fucking weird. Yeah. That's the thing about Simpsons. It's been it's been a staple forever. So, like, it, it's things as simple as the fact that Moe's Tavern is next to King Toot's musical store is, like, a weirdly iconic thing now. Like, you, I would say I know Lard Lad Donuts better than Big Boy. Well, yeah, but that's because we don't have Big Boy. Okay, okay fine. Um, Mo starts to remember the night he had, um, which included the location of the Squid Port, which is not as iconic as Mo's. Frank, I was like surprised to see it again. I think the last place I saw it was in Simpsons Hit and Run. There's a there's a weird location. It's the Boardwalk area. Um, yeah. While there, Mo blabs some secrets other bartenders have told him about people, and then starts spiraling and letting loose all the secrets of his bar patrons as well. Homer in shock drops the skull, which I took the time to note and write down as I was watching, but don't expect it to matter because Bart is no longer a part of this episode. Don't even fucking worry about it. That plot is gone. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. So he has an act one, gets the skull. Act two, skull gets destroyed. Act three, um, he cameos on the couch at a certain point later. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Which might be me starting to, like, notice cracks in this as well. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think he has any more speaking lines. Um, the same morning that Mo's waking it up, he is barred from the confidential, and his regulars are being quote-unquote cut off. Mm. I did some Googling about what that meant as far as like where this episode's going. Turns out the chemical that they're using is based on something that's real, but it seems so unrealistic and silly that it fits the whole New Simpsons as hacky and weird. Mm. Alright, but we'll get to that. So, at the power plant's lunchroom, alright, Mo bursts in. Like, he's in a panic to warn Lenny, Carl, and Homer. Um, and he's like, where's Barney? And they're like, he doesn't, he's never worked here. What are you talking about? Um, so, Homer, I've written sigh with intent, because I know where my notes are going. Right. He FaceTimes him on an iPad, which already feels weird, because it's like a... I'm still placing Simpsons mentally, like, pre-9-11. Like, I, so... I know. It's 2021 when this is coming out. I get it. But the fact that it even, like, broke my illusion, the whole scene falls apart for me so quick. He picks it up out of shot. Mm. But as the camera, like, pans so you can see the room, there's nothing fucking there. There's no bench. I just smashed a chair trying to frantically wave my arms around. Um, the bench behind him has a microwave, so there's no room for the iPad, and the corner is, like, out of his arm's length. He, he could not have picked that up. Right. He presses a single button. Barney's already there and being, like, catty to Mo. Okay. Right? Do you, do you see where I'm like, what is even... I'm, I'm, I see that your plot needs, Bar- like, Barney to be involved, but could you have, like, involved him? Yeah. There's a laziness. There is a, we're going through the motions, we can't leave this show anymore, we're trapped, help. Mm. I feel like that is the, uh, who cares, they're going to give us another 40 seasons anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to put effort in if, you know, you don't have to put effort in. Our podcast loves, like, passion and pet project stuff. Like Coles? Maybe, I don't fucking know who made it, but like... All, yeah, all the things we praise are things someone, like, painstakingly crafted because it was, like, their perfect image of the thing they wanted to make. Yeah. This is, like, the entire other end of our podcast spectrum. This feels like no one gave a fuck. Mm. So, yeah, he pulls out, he pulls an iPad out of... Nowhere. Out of his inventory like a fucking video game character. Um, Barney's already there. Um, Mo's like, man, you gotta be, you gotta be careful. They're coming. They're gonna cut you off. Um, yeah, this scene is definitely giving me New Simpsons bad juju. Hmm. If I had to phrase it, anyway, um, the the show having about the comfort level of an elevator fart aside, Barney is then attacked by a dapper looking bartender and gets injected with literally titled anti booze. Hmm. He is now allergic to alcohol. Again, a thing that exists and is mostly used to help desperate alcoholic patients. But calling it anti-booze and making it... It's its treated weird. I don't like it. I feel like they wrote this episode and then fact-checked, if that's an actual thing. Yeah. So now Mo, Homer, Lenny, and Carl are on the run from every bartender in town. Which up until now I thought was just Mo, but now there's bars everywhere in Springfield. Um, you know, it's constantly ever-changing. That was always the case. I Can't mean, get mad it's about the pandemic. That. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Mo lets, he tells the other guys to go on, he'll hold them off with his greasy wipe rag, Kung Fu. Hmm. Um, he also uses it to whip around a power pole and yank it down to block the path of the other bartenders. A rag, like Belie- a tea Believable. Towel. Not even remotely, but... Look, I, I from what which I, of us has been a bartender before in their life? Have you? Can you reach the top of a power pole with a tea towel? Yes. From the ground? If I needed to. Mm. Look, it, it's fucking dumb and stupid, but from what I have glimpsed, it ain't the worst thing about that old rag. Um, I am, of course, referencing season 23 in the episode Moe Goes From Rags to Riches, which, according to the Simpsons fan wiki, received negative reviews from critics. I'll mm. leave it at that. Back, back to this episode, though. Lenny and Carl are going to skip town, but they get needled by an Oktoberfest waitress with the anti-booze. There's nothing they can do for them. They're non-drinkers now. So Homer and Mo abandon them and go back to the Simpsons' house. They get there safely. Um, and I, I was ready to say Marge sounds slightly off. Honestly, I think I was expecting it to be worse. She's also got like two lines in this whole episode, so I didn't really get to... Sit with it. Yeah, I'm not dealing with it much. I'm sure that voice is like killing her throat to do. Mm. So I feel like I'd imagine the more she does it in an episode, the worse it gets. Mm. Like, oh, she'll have nodes on her. Like the voice throat. actress that does Princess Peach and Toad has to do Peach first because after screaming the Toad voice, she's like fucked for three days. Yeah. Which I think makes her more hardcore than Corey Taylor. Big if true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. If true, like, comment, subscribe. Hey, if you're Corey Taylor, let us know if Toad from Mario is cooler than you. And if you're, and if you're Toad from Mario, hook us up. <laughs> um, Alright, yeah, so she doesn't sound that bad yet. But Dr. Hibbert is there. Feels weird and on its own, but another black character that's been recast. Mm. Again, I get it. Um, this time, it is Kevin Michael Richardson, which you would know. As Gantu from Lilo and Stitch, or Principal Lewis in American Dad, which he sounds like here. Again, does not sound like Dr. Hibbert. Interesting fact about Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, what do you got for me? The people in charge Hmm. have come out with the fact that Scrump is supposed to be alive. Okay. And show proof in... There's a clip where, like, Lilo throws him and then runs down the hill and then comes back and picks him up and, like, goes back down the hill. He turns and smiles at the camera. Ugh. Fascinating. We're going to have to retcon our, our original Lilo and Stitch episode if we've done it. We have. I feel like we've done it. We're going to have to throw it out and do a new because one. Because I made you watch it and you were like, she is Oh, yeah, because I brought up... Savage. Yeah, did I bring up all the weird stuff that got changed because of 9-11 yes. and the dishwasher? All right, cool. Don't put now children, it's a pizza box. Don't put children in the dryer. They can't open it once they're inside. You can if you try. The more you know. Don't kill your kid. Um, yep, yeah, so he sounds like Principal Lewis, which is a... I'm a big American Dad fan, so it's clear as fucking day to me. Because hmm. I, I, I'm... I can pick voice actors usually pretty well. So it's abrasive... When I can. Mm. Um, it also doesn't help that he doesn't do like the classic Dr. Hibbert laugh in this episode, which may have helped. Y- you know, the. <laughs> you know, he does that fucking same one every time. Almost every time you see him. Except for this time, which is. Come on. 
What are we doing? I know more Dr. Nick than I do Dr. Hibbert. Ah, they don't use him much, I don't think, anymore. <laughs> I only he gave know that guy an arm and a leg backwards. I, again, I know most of my Simpsons from like other people quoting it. Mm. I.e., I'm gonna say the Homer quote of "I am so smart." S M A T. S M A R T. Yeah. Yeah. I know that because other people quote it, ah. and I have just accepted it as my own. Look. In the grand scheme of 90s television that I could have, like, watched but didn't understand and then be influenced by, thank fuck it was Simpsons and not, like, Seinfeld or something. Hmm. If you were a friend's man, we wouldn't be together. I was about to say, I'm surprised I wasn't an X-Files person, because, um, look at this. I wasn't an X-Files person either. We're gonna have to look into X-Files, you and me. I don't want to. But they mentioned it in Bloodhound Gang. Okay. Could be important, it's in Bad Touch. I do a doggy style so you don't miss it. Because back then you didn't have TV, you didn't stream. You had to, like, watch it when it was on. That's how TV used to work, Kyle. I'm older than you. <laughs> Pull rank, why don't you? Alright, but the twist is, Dr. Hibbert paid for his medical school, bartending. So he'd need all his home off. I mean, that's how I pay for university. And he'll leave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and he leaves just abruptly, just walks away. Bart and Lisa just kind of watch him go because they're at this point dead inside in the episode. And Marge comes over and is like, what happened? And Mo's like, oh, he's uh, he's now allergic to booze. He can't drink again. And the three of them cheer. And then we jump forward three months. Homer's doing great. He wears a suit. He brushes his hair, which is fascinating. So, you know, these two little, like, arches? They're just flat. <laughs> which is just a... I thought that was a cute detail. Probably the one thing I liked about this episode, frankly. Oh, no, I liked the suicide joke. Mm. Mm, that's cool. That's two things. Deuces, baby. Um, yeah, he got promoted at work. Um, he's finding time to go to Bart's skateboarding competition and Lisa's recital. I wish they said saxophone recital. They, I went back and checked. They didn't. I don't think they know what Lisa's thing is. Um, honestly, Marge isn't that bad. She's got a little bit more dialogue here. And I expected her to sound like a fleshlight full of gravel, but she's not fucked yet i'm sure it's worse than other episodes again but like every time she was in shot i was like oh here we go but yeah no it's fine it's cool there's worse and i think it's lenny i think lenny's the worst recasting happens i get it he's the only one who doesn't have an excuse yeah okay um yeah, um, anyway, Homer leaves for work, he stops at fake Starbucks before, you know, getting there, and we see that Lenny is jacked now, that he doesn't drink, he has time to go to the gym. Um, Carl is now a startup company guy, inventing Roombas for manscaping. It's like a little I'm... crack, no, it's, it's like a checkers piece that just kind of like, scoots around your body. Which sounds like a fun joke until Homer's like, yeah, I love that thing. And it just goes by and does his mustache, goes back into his shirt. I'm like, ugh. Um, um, they, oh, and Barney got his old job back at um, AutoZone. I think we've seen Sober Barney before. That's, that's not a new episode idea. Um, and I remember he has a movie. Don't cry for me. I'm already dead. Oh, that's a quote I like, I like to keep around. Um... No, nah, it's not the best movie, though. That is, uh, Mole Man Gets Hitting the Balls with the Football. Yeah. Right? That's a good one. And there's the little film critic dude. Hmm, because that's a crossover episode, which I don't think they did again till Family Guy. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just telling you the bits of 
Stuff that I know. They start talking about Mo and reminiscing about their old days together back when they were all slobs and drunk. Um, and they go to find him and he works in an omelette bar. And he's obviously very sad and they they wanted to like see him low. But then they felt bad immediately and they were like, we'd like you to bartend again. And they all go to the bar and they can't drink obviously so they all just have glasses of water. But they're like, oh it's cool, I never thought you could go to a bar and not drink before. You know, and they're all just sort of, like, hanging out again. Um, and it's a bonding moment that the confidential bartender witnesses, because he was in the closed bar dressed like a homeless man this whole time, I guess. He had a fancy... He's a fancy... Um, I didn't write down, because obviously you have to have a guest star in every episode. Mm. He's the dude who played Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean. Forgot to write it down, I apologise. And neither of us are going to edit it in. <laughs> Feel free to Google Blackbeard Pirates of the Caribbean. You'd know him if you saw him. He's a recognisable guy. But I couldn't think of like any other thing he's in that I understood. Um, uh, yeah, he sees this and he's like, ah, oh, such camaraderie between the bartender and his patrons. He gives them the cure for anti-booze. Lenny and, Carl and Barney, they all go for it and drink again. Which I took the time to mention here. I love the look of Simpsons beer. It's so foamy on top. It always looks... It reminds me of, like, the brown cream soda float. Or a root beer float, I guess. Mm. You know that look where it's, it's... The foam on top of it looks so good. I know that's, like, the worst part in the real world, but it looks appetizing as fuck in The Simpsons. I can pour a really good beer. I cannot. The guy who is currently writing Nightwing had to show me how to do it, which is my biggest claim to fame. Um, Ian McShane. That's fuck. I should have been able to pull that out of my hat. Come on, Kung Fu Panda. Okay, great. Um, he's owl all, something all in Deadwood, which I feel like need. yeah. Kung Fu Panda. Um, he is yeah. Artemis in The Simpsons. Yeah, that's this guy. He's in John Wick, War and Order, Deadwood. Yeah, he, he, boy. Yeah, but he's I haven't seen that. That's the 2019 Bond. version. That's the remake. No one was happy with. For all those who listened to our Hellboy episode, like, what was that, a week ago? Two weeks ago? He's in Brothers Grimsby. Oh, you can keep going anytime you like. I'm just going to keep going through this. Homer resists and says his life's better now without the booze. And he he leaves. And the episode ends with the confidential bartenders given a mission on one of those little buzz cards that you get at Sports Buzz these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just says, re-booze Homer Simpson on it. And that's how the episode ends. Why they know his name? Why they're that desperate to get him at, into alcohol again? I don't know. Don't worry about it. Sales were down. Yeah. So there you go. That's how that episode ends. Now, Kaya, as a person hearing all this without any context, do you have any questions of what we've spoken about? Do you have a verdict? Do you have a preference between these two ends? What are your thoughts? What are you thinking here? I was over The Simpsons when it began. I don't feel like it's done a lot to get me back. Which is the preferred one? The, f- the season one era is like... Ugly. Kind of tacky and dopey, but it's cozy too. Like, it has a nice vibe to it, whereas this feels vapid. But see, the difference is you have nostalgia. It's, I don't even, it's not even nostalgia, because not original Simpsons. But, I don't but have it's nostalgia not, but you, for that. That's it's like weird a, to that's look like at. That's like a comfort... For me, no, no, it's like, animated. this is annoying. It's, it's not even that. It's animated cozily. Like, I can't think of 
other times I've seen the whole family like sitting. They have a they have a fireplace in that living room, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's per- it's made out of purple bricks. Weird. Um, how often do you ever see it actually used and with the family around it? It was it's genuinely cozy compared to like when everyone's having a B plot A plot adventure where everyone's like separate and going into teams. Whereas this, the older stuff doesn't do that. They actually they actually feel like a family. Mm. And then you got this one where Bart won tequila and then they forgot about it. Ladies and gentlemen, he's doing the strange eye twitching thing people do. I don't even think it's prettier. Like obviously the colors are nicer. It's all got a lot more polish. But it's also, like, exact on model stuff. It doesn't have that weird lumpiness. Yeah. I don't know. I prefer the old stuff, obviously. You don't really care either way. Nope. No. There you go. Look, it's just, like Do I said, you think it'll end? <laughs> Which I sounds mean, ridiculous. It has you... to. Will it, though? It had to 20 seasons ago. Will it is the question. I mean, South Park's gotten to the point where it's six episode seasons. They say it's because of all the specials they're doing. But that's another channel obligation. I don't know how that even works because it's a separate streaming service. I don't know. But I will say, South Park has always had the same writing stuff. Not the, not all of them, but like their main, you know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone have... Creative input. Yeah, they're, they're always keeping shit on target and yeah it goes through a lot of there's, there's fucking errors you can feel but it but that's original the thing. south park has like that it has like a good chaos vibe then you got the middle section where they really lent into the morals of the i learned something today shit um and that's fine too that was the era that i was like taping because it was past my bedtime stuff like that was that was the era i watched and i think that's nostalgia and then you got like the the integrity farm stuff and like the see like seasonal story arc stuff but it's still there's still a spark there you can feel that it's still the same people whereas simpsons hell no has that i don't know if matt groney has any input okay i'm gonna preference this with the i don't know if this is still the case Mm. i feel like simpsons was only popular in australia Mm. due to its tv time I feel like it was inescapable because of its TV time. But Six, that's but that's what I'm saying. And I think eight PM for the Later new episodes. On. Yeah, but I always found that weird that it did an episode and then like you hung out and did some other shit and then it came back again for well, like usually, an encore. The news happened, so yeah. usually you have one set of news and it would roll into Simpsons. Then you do. I'll see if I can find like news, a TV guide from like two thousand three. Um, neighbors, Home and Away, that kind of system. And then you would have, like, another one. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like people only watch Simpsons because it was on when you sat down to dinner. Hmm. I don't feel like people chose to watch The Simpsons. And, like, Simpsons, I link closely to South Park. Ah, shit. Sorry, I've, I actually managed to find, a, a like, a newspaper clipping from TV Guide for April 22, 2003. Hmm. But this was... um. Not one of the Double Simpsons nights, I apologise. Um, you know, you have uh, Neighbours at 3.30. You fucking... Really? No. This is, a, this is a weird day, apparently. Neighbours were on at 6. 
No, Simpsons was always six. And then Neighbours at 6.30, see? Ah, but see, Neighbours was channel nine. Simpsons was channel ten. You're fucking up, man. I'm reading. I have every dance. Home and Away, I think, was channel nine. That's 7.30 and 7. Let me check. Nine. You're probably right, because this one doesn't have... It just has nine and (laughs) ten. I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you. Home and Away was 7.30 on channel seven. 6.30's Neighbours. I got that one. And yeah, I, I can only take your word for it. Bold and the Beautiful at 4.30. I can... Yeah, I believe that. That's, that feels right. Yes. Because that's old people bedtime. MASH was on at 5? No, the news, news is 5 till 6 and then Simpsons. 6.30 is Neighbours. Then 7 Seinfeld. 7.30's Becca. Then 8 o'clock, Everybody Loves Raymond. Feels late. 8.30, uh, Law and Order. 9.30, Rove. Say hello to mum for me. Yeah. Ten thirties news, then I sports used to tonight. Love Rove. I'm remember Pepsi Live nope. and it was just video hits, which nope. was also later at one forty five video hits. Yeah, because you used to wake up to it. None of this matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Slightest. I fell into like a weird nostalgia hole of shows I didn't even like. They were on and you'd be like, Ugh. I liked Rove. Yeah, Rove was I liked um I think he was why I liked Kevin Rudd, because they just did funny impressions. That wasn't really him. He didn't. That wasn't his adventures. All right. So, you have any final thoughts before we go into homework? No. All right. So, I wanted to know if you could think of anything that's so far removed from where it started, like like Simpsons. Like, is there any other things where you're like, wow? It's not even that it fell off. It's like, if I went back and looked at the first one, it would be nothing like this. Mm. Obviously, Batman's too easy because you, like, had a gun, didn't have a bad family, didn't even have Gotham City. No Alfred. I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this before. Hmm. Shadowhunters. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've mentioned. I understand... When things have to, like, do their own thing. Like, you know, you've got to put your own spin on things. Mm, yeah. You know better than all the mythology before it. But, like, those books were super engaging and unique and interesting. The movie kind of followed that, but no one really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was okay, but didn't follow the books. Has the whole Harry Potter thing. The TV show was like, hold my beer. Just thumbed through the book, if anything. The mother... Okay. The movie and the book, the mother lives through the entire series. The TV show, she dies in like the first season. So I'm trying to think of something that did something very similar to that, but now I don't remember what it was. Something recently... Fucking broom in Hellboy. Mm. They keep him around for like an hour and a half in that original movie, which is based on volume one, Seed of Destruction. Yeah. He is dead like the scene you meet him. Yeah. Because again, it's pretending that it's a pre-established universe. Yeah. So, go on. Um, so that's one that definitely comes to mind. I mean, the fact that Neighbours ends this year. Thanks, That fuck. feels weird. Good. Get it out of here. 
Things need to... Things can end. It's fine. I'm not so bitter from season one animes at this point where I'm like, everything else doesn't deserve to be happy. Um, I wrote down, which... Whew, without even the context of the first few, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that was different. Them shits fell off. I'm sorry. Bro. That fridge atom bomb shit, what are you talking about? He was a spy at Roswell? Yeah. What the fuck? I thought he was a teacher. That's crazy. No, that's... That's, that's the, crazy. That's the age-old covered story. His son's holes. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking what the fuck was that? You know the whole plot of that movie was... Ukrainian woman wants to be smart like alien, gets smart like alien, dies, everyone goes home. Yeah. There was, there was nothing. Oh my god, what an adventure. But yeah, whatever whatever this new Indiana Jones is. Pirates of the Caribbean. What are they even doing now? Fucking Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious is definitely... They were stealing DVD VCR combos in the first movie. Yeah. And they had Ja Rule music. Jarrell? No, the other guy. No, Fucking... no, they have Ludicrous. Yeah, Ludicrous because music is Ludicrous in the first one, and then he's in the second. Yeah, in the second one, you're like, if that's Ludicrous in this universe, who the fuck is Ludicrous in that universe? What? <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. I love black hole fucking logic like that. It's amazing. Why are they driving cars in space or whatever the fuck? It don't matter. Yeah, those are very far from where they those started. Those are very far from where they started. Mm. Most people would argue Star Wars. So that was doesn't it has never known what it was doing, man. Let's be realistic here. Well, it's, it, I, when everyone bitches about the new trilogy, try, people I, bitched about the prequel trilogy. I tried and I'm to sure call people, out a student for people that. People bitched about like, the sixth movie because they liked. How does it work? They liked four and five, but hated six. Yeah, like Star Wars fans hate Star Wars more than Star Trek fans hate Star Wars. It's crazy. I am fascinated. I love that shit, man. I love you guys. You are. Yeah. Oof. I'm thankful you're no, getting anything, man. I've got Come the on. perfect one. Yeah? Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't even want to do a podcast about it. I've thought about it, but I'm like, where do you go? It's an anthological fall from grace. It is a beautiful fall from grace. The game start off classic. Amazing. You just run. It's just Super Mario, but fucking fast. And he was designed specifically to be cool as shit. And in a weird, unique way, he became everything he stood against. Sonic the Hedgehog lived long enough to see himself become the villain. And that's awesome. And his memes are fucking ballistic. I've seen him pregnant so much. There you you have it. I feel like this head-cold delusion of an episode has... um, Gone as far enough off the rails that it's completely dead. Thank you for listening. If you're still around, how are you? You sat through the TV guide portion. Um, I have been your host, Toby DePaula. Thank you very much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you to producer Kaya for uh, joining me this week. And we will see you. I didn't ne- have a choice. I'm being held against my will. I pay for this house, young lady. Um, and yeah. I pay for the food inside it. All right. That is class dismissed.